Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. (laughs) Bonjour. It's snowing outside here in Vermont. And uh, don't I love it? All those years in L.A. with snow, snow. (laughs) And Hawaii and many places with no snow. I just really do appreciate and love the snow. So grateful. And uh, speaking of gratitude, let's pray. Let's bless ourselves and use our word in a powerful, powerful way. So grateful that we can. Taking a breath of love and gratitude, we open our heart, we open our mind, we drop into our heart and say yes to infinite intelligence leading us, guiding us, directing us. So grateful and thankful to dedicate ourselves to being truly helpful. So grateful and thankful that no matter how we feel or where we are in the moment, we can still choose to be grateful that God is, that love is, and love is what we are. So we take this breath of love and gratitude and we choose to remember our true identity is perfect love. It always has been and it always will be and we will not be fooled by any illusions to the contrary. So grateful and so thankful to open ourselves to the infinite love, the pure intelligence, the wisdom and the clarity that is ours now and forever. We dedicate ourselves to seeking the kingdom within, knowing that everything that we desire, all joy, all peace, all love, all wisdom, all clarity, all harmony, all freedom, all prosperity is added unto us. So we are grateful and thankful to choose higher and higher. We choose to be in a holy partnership with the Holy Spirit. We choose invulnerability. We choose guiltlessness. We choose to love ourselves free. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 So our topic this week is cultivating invulnerability. And it's really part two of last week's episode on guiltlessness and invulnerability. You may remember as I was going through it, I realized need to have a second episode. So I'm just going to recap a tiny bit from last week and uh, where Jesus was telling us that love and guilt cannot coexist, that to accept one is to deny the other. So that's why the most basic spiritual practice we have, love and gratitude. Choosing love, looking for the loving choices, looking how can we be kind, compassionate, extend generosity of the heart. That's our most basic spiritual practice, and we combine it with gratitude because gratitude lifts our vibration out of the muck and mire of our complaints. Anyone who lives in this world, no matter what their experience in this world, can find a myriad of things to complain about. I used to be a chronic complainer, so I know a lot about that. And I, someone once told me that I had been a judge in a past life. So judgment was very natural to me. And maybe it is uh, natural to my ego-identified mind, but I am not interested in judging and complaining and attacking and analyzing and all of that anymore. I am interested in choosing love and peace. So Jesus told us that guilt and energizing guilt, thinking about guilt, not interrupting the pattern, guilt hides Christ from our sight, from our ability to recognize the Christ in our own mind. So we can choose 
when there's a scent, we get triggered into feeling guilty. We can choose to get on that train, I call it the pain train, and ride that train wherever it's going. But we've already done that a million billion times, so let's choose love instead. And so one of the things that we uh, also talked about last week is this uh, theme of everybody's a sinner, we're sinners, and that's why we're so guilty, but there is no sin, and it's only within the illusion. Uh, Jesus actually says that it's all in the past, and there is no past. So these are the kinds of things that we can say to ourselves when we get triggered into guilt. Guilt is uh, related to the past, and there is no past. There is no future. There is only now. This is where I reside. I reside in the eternal now, and I choose to love now. And uh, yesterday I was teaching uh, my undoing unworthiness class, which was so good, and I was sharing that when we forgive ourselves, our debts, our trespasses, that just happened just a moment ago. Just a moment ago, I was cruel. Just a moment ago, I was uh, unkind. Just a moment ago, I was unforgiving. Just a moment ago, I was rude. Just a moment ago, I was unpleasant. I, I was interpreting things to mean that I'm not lovable. Whatever happened just a moment ago, we can in this eternal loving moment now, this holy instant now, we can say, ah, a moment ago, I was choosing fear. But now I can choose love, and I do. And I refuse to judge myself for choosing something other than love a moment ago. This is the only moment now. I choose love now. Love is all there is. Love is what I am. Love, love, love. All you need is love. <laughs> so, uh, and then if we're doing that, then because we made an error a moment ago, there's actually more love being expressed in the world because we're choosing to extend love and compassion in response to the error, there's more love being expressed in the world now than if the error had not happened. And that's how everything works together for good, and there are no exceptions. So ultimately, we'll stop making exceptions. Why not start today? So we cannot hurt ourselves that's another important point in the early paragraphs of this short section. It's not a long section. Guiltlessness and invulnerability, chapter 13, section 1. It only has 11 paragraphs. So we got through about four last time. And let's see, let's see what we can do today. So paragraph... Uh, Actually, paragraph four, I'm going to back up a little bit, that because this is an important reminder. The journey the Son of God has set himself is useless indeed, but the journey on which the Father sets him is one of release and joy. The Father is not cruel, and his Son cannot hurt himself. The retaliation that he, we, fear, that and that he sees will never touch him, for although he believes in it, the Holy Spirit knows it is not true. The Holy Spirit stands at the end of time where you must be because he is with you. He has already undone everything unworthy of the Son of God, for such was his mission given him by God, and what God gives has always been. So, in other words, you could say God gives us absolution, because no sin has been committed. No crime has been committed. Why? Because this is an illusory world. It really is, I think, one of the best things to do to get this is to watch the movie The Matrix. When Neo's char 
the Neo character, the Keanu Reeves character, is learning jujitsu. He's learning martial arts. He's seated in a chair, and his mind, his brain, his physical brain, is plugged into this computer software where he mentally is reviewing something. He's engaging like in a computer game. That's what this world is like. It's like engaging in a computer game or a video game. And what happens in this world stays in this world. So A Course in Miracles tells us, and I I know it's confusing, but it does tell us that we're watching what's already happened. We've run all these video games. We've run all these scripts. And we're just rerunning them in our mind. So it's I, I think of it this way. I've said this before. My nephews love to play video games. But if one of them kills the other in a video game, which I'm sure happens, they don't take it personally. They don't think of it as being, oh, no, you hurt me. You d- hit me. You you ruined my life. You You killed me. You killed my what I care about. In this world, we've forgotten that it's an illusion. And we make it oh so real. And that's not a sin or a crime. It's easy to be deceived. We've tricked our minds into believing this world is real. But the way out of the hellishness of it is to be willing to accept the atonement for ourselves, which is to accept that there's not been any separation and that we are always eternally one with each other and with God. And it's the each other part. It's the not having any interest in separating from our brothers and sisters, but instead rejoicing that we are united, that we are one. This is the thing that helps us. Okay, now let's jump into paragraph five. You will see me as you learn the Son of God is guiltless. He has always sought his guiltlessness, and he has found it. For everyone is seeking to escape from the prison he has made, and the way to find release is not denied him. Being in him, he has found it. So we we talked a little bit about this last week. So our ego thoughts have generated this experience that feels like a prison a prison or a cage that we've made in our mind. And we can release from the prison and release our brothers and sisters as well. And the release mechanism is within our own thinking. It is within our own mind. And next, Jesus says, when he finds it is only a matter of time, and time is but an illusion. For the Son of God is guiltless now, and the brightness of his purity shines untouched forever in God's mind. So think of it this way, and to me this is so valuable, so precious. We are guiltless now. Our purity is intact now. Our magnificence is available now our mind trained to believe the ego thought system rejects the purity rejects the guiltlessness rejects our innate goodness one of the primary ways that we reject our own goodness is by rejecting it in others and saying that they're bad they're sinful they should be punished They don't have what it takes. They are a problem. If we can just be willing to interrupt these patterns and 
go immediately to the Holy Spirit for correction. We can give up the idea of punishment and sin. So this is what we were talking about um, a month or two ago when we were looking at the laws of chaos, that instead of punishment, we choose correction. And the more we do that, the more we are going to feel safe and invulnerable in this world, in our defenselessness, our safety lies. So we have to be willing to recognize our purity and the purity of our brothers and sisters in order to give up feeling anxious and fearful. This is the only path to truly feeling peaceful, harmonious, safe, is to surrender all interest in attack thoughts. Jesus goes on, God's Son will always be as He was created. Deny your world and judge Him not, for His eternal guiltlessness is in the mind of His Father and protects Him forever. When you have accepted the atonement for yourself, you will realize there is no guilt in God's Son. So there's the clue. If we'd like to eliminate the habit of guilt in our mind and feeling guilty, feeling ashamed, feeling judged, feeling attacked, and instead feeling invulnerable, we accept the atonement for ourselves, which is there is no separation. So the way that works for me is to recognize when I'm energizing separation, when I'm believing in it, when I'm strengthening that vision in my mind of separation, to recognize, ah, I am not feeling as comfortable. I am not feeling as safe. I am not feeling as peaceful and harmonious as I was a few minutes ago. What am I thinking that is causing this distress? What am I thinking? What am I energizing? What am I investing my attention and my awareness in that is causing this disturbance? Right? And let me choose again. I have the power to choose again. No one can take that from me. That is my eternal power to decide what I will think. So in in so we're in paragraph 6 now. When you've accepted the atonement for yourself, you will realize there is no guilt in God's son. And only as you look upon him as guiltless can you understand his oneness. For the idea of guilt brings a belief in condemnation of one by another, projecting separation in place of unity. And only as you look upon him as guiltless can you understand his oneness. So it is required of us, it is required of us that we not think of our brothers and sisters as being sinners in order to understand the unity of all life and that we are one with our brothers and sisters in order for us to understand our perfection and to give up all the pain and all the sorrow we must accept responsibility for all of our projections and recognize that our brothers and sisters are guiltless. None of them needs to be punished. All of them deserve to be loved. If we aren't willing to work towards that in our mind, then we're going to continue to be the cause of our own suffering. And to blame that suffering on other people is to live on that hamster wheel. So this is why in my courses what we do like in Masterful Living and Finding Freedom, what we are doing in my programs is we are focused on interrupting these patterns in the mind because they're they're very sticky. They are very sticky. Don't we know that? And we have such an attachment to being right, even about how wrong we are. 
We still like to be right. So there's a lot of suffering, a world of hurt that we are generating and we can give it up. And what's wonderful and absolutely miraculous is our willingness really truly is the only requirement. But if we get triggered into thinking attack thoughts and we keep going with them, if we're blaming and critical and shaming and attacking, then it is going to uh, be evidence that we don't have any willingness to interrupt these patterns. That's just the truth of it. So we can change our minds. And how do we become more willing? We start our day by remembering that willingness is our objective for the day. And I do feel that there's enormous benefit that comes from reciting that truly helpful prayer over and over and over again. I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent the one who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do. Because the one who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever God wishes, knowing God goes there with me. I will be healed as I let God teach me to heal. Boom. That's it. That's our mission. That's what we're doing. Let's not make anything else more important than being truly helpful. Being willing to be divinely guided. To be willing to be corrected. The idea, it says here, the idea of guilt brings a belief in condemnation of one by another, projecting separation in place of unity. You can condemn only yourself, and by so doing, you cannot know that you are God's Son. You have denied the condition of His being, which is His perfect blamelessness, Out of love he was created, and in love he abides. Goodness and mercy have always followed him, for he has always extended the love of his Father. So, when we condemn, we only condemn ourselves. Let us interrupt that pattern, and again, recognizing the discomfort we feel That's how we recognize it's time to interrupt the pattern. Jesus says, As you perceive the holy companions who travel with you, you will realize that there is no journey, but only an awakening. The Son of God, who sleepeth not, has kept faith with his Father for you. There is no road to travel on and no time to travel through. For God waits not for his son in time, being forever unwilling to be without him. And so it has always been. Let the holiness of God's son shine away the cloud of guilt that darkens your mind. And by accepting his purity as yours, learn of him that it is yours. So when we are willing to see that the Son of God is guiltless, and that includes the murderers and the people who have done things that in this world we would judge as cruel and unkind. Underneath, they are guiltless. And we can set them free from their guilt by removing our projection of guilt on them. And to seeing that correction is the only thing that's needed. Because if we could see that, say, let's say someone who tortures a baby and kills a baby, the baby is still a soul, still perfect, still pure. And when we stand at the end of time, this is what he was saying earlier, when we stand at the end of time, With the Holy Spirit, we will know that none of this was real. It was all 
like watching a video game. And we can know that now if we're willing. But we do have to be willing to detach our mind and our investment in making this world real. It's a tall order, but that is the program we have signed up for. So let us be willing to see the purity of our brothers and sisters so they too can see it and we're not forever trapped in time and space. We will get out of here. It's just a matter of time. (laughs) So let's use time wisely, as Jesus reminds us. Yes, and if you've got a couple minutes, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor and write a review of this podcast. And by the way, if you're on Facebook, there is the A Course in Miracles podcast fan page. You can also go there and uh, I make announcements and post things there so you can check that out at Facebook. I'm all over Facebook and uh, I, I love it as a communication tool. I'm grateful for it. I'm also grateful for many other ways to communicate, including this. It's time for me to take a break. I am Jennifer Hadley, and you are listening to A Course of Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Thank you for coming back. I do appreciate this opportunity to connect with you and to be grateful together, to welcome the Christ into our awareness together. I really I'm grateful, so thank you. (laughs) Yes, and let us be so, so grateful that we can change our mind. We can open our hearts. So into paragraph eight now. You are invulnerable because you are guiltless. You can hold on to the past only through guilt. For guilt establishes that you will be punished for what you have done, and thus depends on one-dimensional time proceeding from past to future. No one who believes this can understand what always means, always is in quotes there, and therefore guilt must deprive you of the appreciation of eternity. You are immortal because you are eternal and always must be now. Guilt, then, is a way of holding past and future in your mind to ensure the ego's continuity. For if what has been will be punished, the ego's continuity is guaranteed. Yet, the guarantee of your continuity is God's, not the ego's. And immortality is the opposite of time, for time passes away, while immortality is constant. So, guilt is how we get stuck in time and space. Because we feel guilty now, because what we did in the past, even if the past was Five seconds ago, we feel guilty now because of what we have done. We feel guilty now because we're judging ourselves about the past. That's why we feel guilty now. And the escape from guilt is in the future. It's not now, according to the ego thought system. So guilt is in the middle of the past, and the future. It's what we experience in the now. This is the opposite of what Spirit is telling us, what Jesus is telling us, that love and guilt cannot coexist. Love is a now system. It's a now thing. 
it's a now business. And so if we'd like to experience the release from guilt in the moment now, we choose love because love is the, the, the only way to experience love is in the now, just like with guilt. So they're opposites. And when we feel guilty, we will feel afraid. One of the things that I've been saying for a long time now is that if we pay attention, we will notice that fear is always preceded by judgments, by attack thoughts, by opinions, by complaints and criticisms. The fear follows that directly. And they may seem completely unrelated. So our attack thoughts could be about uh, someone we see on television and the fear can be about our finances and they seem so completely unrelated. But when we're choosing attack, we will feel vulnerable. Because that attack, whether we're attacking ourselves or someone else, it comes from that belief in the guilt. It comes from the belief in sin. And this is why I have never been drawn to religions, because religions do generally teach that sin is real. Sin's a real thing, and that we wish to be absolved of our sins. And that, to me, is the whole genesis of our guilt, our shame, and all the negativity that keeps us playing small and living in lack, attack, limitation, and separation. I'm going to take a a moment here just to mention I've got my New Year's Reboot class is coming up. Uh, I'm doing it on December 31st this year. I usually do it on January 1st. I'm doing it on New Year's Eve this year. Uh, So uh, you'll be able to sign up for that this week. It's it's a lot of fun. We go deep. It's great. And you'll get the replays and the worksheets and all that stuff. It's really good. The other thing is uh, Masterful Living. Uh, the New Year's Reboot is a bonus if you t- sign up for a Masterful Living. Also, you can get replays of my recent classes on Forgive and Be Free and Undoing Unworthiness for free if you sign up for Masterful Living right now. And I am going to be doing my self-sabotage challenge in January. That also is a bonus with Masterful Living. And... I am doing my Stop Playing Small retreat by popular demand in January. And so you can get a huge savings on that if you're in Masterful Living. So come and join us in Stop Playing Small or just come to Stop Playing Small. Uh, Forget Masterful Living if that's how you want to (laughs) roll. So, uh, but registration's open right now. And, you know, I see what a, how people feel once they register for a Masterful Living. They're like, ah, okay, now I know. I've got next year covered. It's going to be great. So it's never been a more important time for us to dedicate ourselves to our spiritual practice. If you've got the time, we've got the juice. We've got the goods. So come and join us. It's wonderful. We are invulnerable because we are guiltless and we can hold on to the past only through guilt. So this is how we get trapped in time and space through believing the guilt, believing that we are sinners, believing that we should be punished. Our, the guarantee of our continuity is God's and not the ego's. Our immortality is constant. It's constant. And this was a huge game changer for me because I used to have so many issues with time and thinking there wasn't enough time. Oh my God, I 
cannot tell you how many years I labored with this concept that there's not enough time. Oh my goodness. I used to think about it all the time. Not enough time, not enough time, not enough time. And it was one of the patterns and habits of feeling guilty, feeling ashamed, bad, wrong, that I wasn't doing it right uh, because I was running out of time. I should be able to accomplish more. I should be able to do more. Should, 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 should all over myself. And finally, when I was in ministerial school, I got it. In meditation one day, it came through clear as a bell. I'm eternal. I'm infinite. If I'm eternal and infinite, part of God, time isn't even real, why would I live as a slave to time? I'm not a slave to anything or anyone. I am part of God. I'm free. I'm liberated. I will not be constricted by an illusion of time. I'm eternal. There must be enough time for everything for those who are eternal. And I turned away from the idea that there wasn't enough time. It took me reminding myself many times, but I I did get it fairly quickly. And the whole time bugaboo fell away. Interesting. I I would say that my life didn't change in terms of how much I did or didn't do. That, That did not happen. But what did change was I was no longer feeling like I was running to catch up. So I began to have more peace and more stillness in my mind and in my heart. And that made a huge qualitative difference in my life. So that's the opportunity we all have, is to remember that we are eternal. We are not time-bound. Of course, a side benefit was helping me to realize there is no separation that I'm eternal as God is eternal. And these are the kinds of affirmations I would say to myself. There must be enough time because I am eternal. I am not bound by time. I am part of God. God has all eternity and so do I. (sighs) Paragraph 10. So again, we're at chapter 13, section 1 guiltlessness, and invulnerability. You cannot dispel guilt by making it real and then atoning for it. Another constant theme in A Course of Miracles, which is you cannot say this is bad and wrong, but it's only an illusion. Or this is uh, a sin, but I forgive it. This makes you guilty you can atone for it. No. We have to throw out the idea of sin altogether. We really do. You cannot dispel guilt by making it real and then atoning for it. This is the ego's plan, which it offers instead of dispelling it. The ego believes in atonement through attack, being fully committed to the insane notion that attack is salvation. In other words, revenge is salvation. Revenge is salvation. I I don't know when it was, but quite a while ago, I just stopped being able to watch stories about revenge. I just, no thank you. Uh-uh. Not interested in that. I would just start to feel dirty. I can't even think of the last thing that I saw that was about revenge. And that that's one of the things that turns me off about a lot of movies is they're, of course, they're ego 
stories, but the Holy Spirit will work through all of them. So pretty much inevitably, when there is a story of revenge, the person who seeks revenge fails and makes themselves miserable, and it's a clear waste of their life force, right? So it's like, look, the ends is in the means. If we would like to be happy, to be peaceful, and to be harmonious, our means cannot be attacking. We cannot get to peace through waging war. It does not work. That's a fact. So we, we have to learn to, to do it otherwise. <sighs> cannot dispel guilt by making it real and then atoning for it. This is the ego's plan, which it offers instead of dispelling guilt. The ego believes in atonement through attack being fully committed to the insane notion that attack is salvation. And you, who cherish guilt, must also believe it. For how else, but by identifying with the ego, could you hold dear what you do not want? How else? How else? So, if we think of the little petty things that happen in our days. Oh, they forgot to call me back. Well, I'm not going to return their call either. Last time I called them, they didn't call me back. Now they're calling me. I'm not going to return their call. It's little things like that. Uh, I asked them to do this for me. They didn't do it, so I'm not going to do that for them. These are forms of attack and the insane notion that the ego has is that attack will be our salvation. Paragraph 11, the ego teaches you to attack yourself because you are guilty and this must increase the guilt for guilt is the result of the attack. Oh, the hamster wheel. So, the premise is we are guilty. We are sinners. And so, we feel guilty. And it gets triggered all the time. That trigger is our divine alarm clock going off. That is spirit working in our mind. That we cannot be complacent about holding thoughts that aren't true. The ego teaches us to attack ourselves. That's part of the ego thought system. That we attack ourselves for being sinners. One of the ways that we attack ourselves for being sinners is we feel guilty. We experience the emotion of guilt. And the real result of feeling guilty is that we feel attacked. We're attacking ourselves. The ego teaches us to attack ourselves. And this is something I realized a long time ago, that I will attack myself to try and keep myself in line. So if I feel bad and ashamed, I feel like I'm a sinner because I did whatever. I ate the last piece of pie. I came home so late and I didn't tell anyone and they were worried about me or whatever it is. I will attack myself in order to atone for my sins. And so I'm going to project that onto other people and they too shall be attacked because they too have to atone for their sins. And it's a vicious circle of ugliness and insanity. So 
in the ego's teaching, there is no escape from guilt. No matter what we do, we're going to feel guilty. Attack makes guilt real. When our attacks feel justified, the guilt seems so real. So think about the times when you justify your attack. You justify giving your child a good talking to and saying, hey, instead of, so what's, what's going on here? I noticed that you've been acting in a way that seems hurtful or angry and upset. What, what's going on? How can I support you? What's happening over here? What, instead of treating it like a cry for love, to be answered by love because we're truly helpful, we get upset and annoyed. What have you done for me lately? I'm not going to tolerate this from you. Instead of going, hey, cry for love. How can I help? How can I be supportive? What, what needs to happen here? for you to come back in your right mind. The, the only healer there is is love. If we're trying to make something we don't like stop by yelling about it, by attacking the person, shaming them, triggering their guilt, is that really what we wish to bring into our relationships? Is it really or can we say, hey, what's happening here? What's going on? How can I help you? How can I support you? You are loved. You are valuable. You, you are, you are, you are. It's a totally different way of being. It is so speedy in undoing the ego if we can embrace it. It's so wonderful. It improves all of our relationships. This is why folks in Masterful Living and Finding Freedom find that one of the greatest benefits is the improvement in their relationships and how they feel about themselves. Because when we are more loving, we feel more in line with spirit, more in touch with spirit. And we are. We're removing the blocks to love by being loving. It's wonderful. It's magnificent. So attack makes guilt seem so real. And if it is real, if the guilt is real, there is no way to overcome it. This is what Jesus is telling us. Attack, when we are attacking others, when they are attacking us, it makes the guilt seem so real. And if that guilt is real, we know deep down there is no way to overcome it. No way to atone for our sins. No way. We're always going to feel guilty. Think of the person who uh, is married. Maybe it was never discussed. But the thought was there was going to be monogamy, and then there's not monogamy. And the person who feels betrayed by the other person's unfaithfulness, they forever will feel betrayed if they make it real. This is, you know, this is intense, deep stuff. But if they can say, okay, that happened, it did happen, yes, it occurred, but I don't have to attack anyone for it, and they don't have to feel guilty. They have not committed a sin, even though the Bible tells them so, because adultery is a sin. Can we actually say, well, maybe adultery isn't a sin. Maybe it's just a choice. Maybe it's just a choice. This is intense stuff sometimes. But look, we have to decide what's more important to us, to perpetuate the ego or to undo the ego. What is more important to us? Because if we're going to believe in sin, we're going to perpetuate the ego and we're going to always be suffering. That's the truth of it.
But there is the opportunity to escape now. So here's what Jesus says. The Holy Spirit dispels the guilt, the attack, the shame, the blame, all of it. The Holy Spirit dispels it simply through the calm recognition that it has never been. Now, mentally, emotionally, we may not be able to get there by ourselves. And good news is, we do not have to. We go to the Holy Spirit and say we are willing. Our willingness is all that's required. So if you can think of somewhere, someone who seems to have done you wrong and betrayed you, would you be willing to see it completely differently? Because I can think of things that happened in my past where I felt betrayed and, oh my goodness, they set me free. I just didn't even realize it. They left me, they abandoned me, they lied to me, they deceived me, they did whatever they did, and that propelled me away from them. They saved me. But that's not how I saw it at the time. But now in hindsight, I can say, phew, I dodged a bullet there, or I dodged more bullets there. Thank God it went the way it went. And otherwise, I'd still be there and I'd be miserable. The Holy Spirit dispels it simply through the calm recognition that it has never been. As he looks, as the Holy Spirit looks upon the guiltless Son of God, the Holy Spirit knows that this is true. And being true for you, you cannot attack yourself. For without guilt, attack is impossible. You then are saved because God's Son is guiltless, and being wholly pure, you are invulnerable. So I am willing to know I am invulnerable. I am invulnerable, and I am willing to know it. Yes. (laughs) I'd like to say a big thank you to all the people who donate and support this ministry. Thank you for coming to Sundays with Spirit. And every Sunday now, we've got a Sunday service online. You can watch the replays at Facebook on the Course Miracles podcast page. You can also, if you're uh, a part of our member site, it's a free member site. There's lots of free stuff there. We are grateful and thankful to be in a holy partnership with the Holy Spirit. We are grateful and thankful for our healing and transformation. We share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. I love you. Mwah. <laughs>